We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Report. I'm your host, Blair Andrews, as always, joined by my co-host, Hassan Rahim. Hassan, how's it going? You know, we had a, a lot of really good football today, and then we had a lot of not very fun fantasy results, and I'm glad that <laughs> uh, that Michael's here to help break it all down, man. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. I mean, guys. Yeah, definitely. You know, Michael Hitchcock from his DFS work at Rotoviz, he's uh, been killing it on the DraftKings content over there. So, yeah. Awesome to have you on. Yeah, I don't know, Hassan. Where should we start? There was a lot of uh, a lot of maybe disappointing fantasy results, but some pretty intriguing um, performances today. So I actually want to start with the guy who's like essentially the biggest disappointment of the week, uh, in my <laughs> opinion. Will Levis. He completed nineteen to thirty nine passes for one hundred ninety nine yards and a score in the Titans' twenty six week ten loss to the Bucks. I mean, he's scoreless now in two outings. Since that eight, uh, week eight start, he had four sacks this afternoon. He, you know, he could have taken, he could have probably taken more. I don't know if you guys are watching the game or not. Um, you know, he just didn't have any time to do anything behind that that offensive line. Um, and he still looks kind of like the part, right? So, like, uh, a little bit of uh, weirdo scouting is that he looks a little bit like the part. His decision-making seems to be okay, but, like, uh, questionable talent, I guess, just because he, like, I mean, he just hasn't seemed to get be getting it done. You know what I mean? Like, um, two weeks, we, we, we've seen him now twice uh, just get completely blanked. Um, and this one was against a Tampa Bucks team that Stroud lit up. Michael, I know you wrote him up in your in your DK, uh, in, in, you know, as a contrarian play. So I wanted to get, really, I want to get your take. Like, what 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 is Levis' issue, man? Um. I would say the offensive line's a huge, huge issue. The Titans have had just a myriad of different combinations on the line, and their offensive line was terrible heading into the year regardless. It's just, it's bad. And Levis is a rookie. You know, he's going to take some bad sacks. He's going to hold the ball too long. But, I mean, as a Titans fan, I couldn't be more excited that, you know, he actually looks competent. And, you know, he revived DeAndre Hopkins' fantasy value pretty quickly. Um, it's just the offensive line. They're just horrible. They had, you know, they have offensive linemen that make false starts two plays in a row. Like, it's just, it's bad, man. Yeah. Um, 
It's it's frustrating though because they really do kind of lack a little bit of talent, right? Like I think before the show you were discussing this, but like it's it's imperative that we that we bring this up is they rely a lot on that play action to get stuff done, and uh, with with Henry looking like Dash and no one really biting on Dajay Spears, it really doesn't seem that they have um, that they that they have uh, anything of value going on, right? Like it's. Um, they're definitely bereft of playmakers. Uh, full full disclosure: I had I had two overs on Nuke today. Uh, his over four and a half catches and over I don't know fifty nine and a half receiving yards, both sailed under. It just was uh, disappointing, if only because I kind of had hoped that those lines were shaded a little too low, especially after what Stroud did. But um, maybe it was just me being stupidly optimistic. Uh, you know. It was. It, I think one of the, some of the issues that are plaguing the Titans, in my opinion, is the fact that they are bereft of like skill players. Right? They went ahead. They moved away AJ Brown for Traylon Burks, uh, who is the AJ Brown of not being on the field. I guess I, that's like that's pretty much the best thing I can say about him. Um, he just. I mean, the guy. I feel bad for the concussion, but even prior to that, the guy just never showed this, a similar ceiling, and they just left with a bunch of these guys who are. I mean, they're also rants and they're also just stall drives like crazy, right? Chigo Conquo, Kyle Phillips, uh, Nick Akine Westbrook. No, Westbrook Akine. Westbrook yeah, there Akine, you go. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Like, I, like these are like these are all make a make a player type names and and player stats when you go into like Madden, um, right? So, it's, so I wanted to get your take on. Ooh, <laughs> a, good, a good comment. AJ Brown to Jalen Burks was like going from Justin Jefferson to Jalen Rager. Yeah, um, yeah, and then and then it's it's obvious that like the, the Titans are tanking. Uh, so I wanted to really get your take on Levis. Like, do you trust him at all in one quarterback leagues? Like, who would you rather have? Um, I think that's hard because, I mean, you got guys like Josh Dobbs who are playing really well that will run he's been picked up but you know he's looking like he's his old self again i don't i don't yeah so you're breaking in so you said so you said josh dobbs and who was the second one i think we missed that one kyler yeah he's he's mostly been picked up probably but yeah depending on the league and the size and everything but yeah i don't know i don't i feel like they just don't have the passing volume and i mean even they were down in this game and he still didn't throw you know, a ton like you would expect. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd really be running to the waiver wire to pick him up in a, in a one QB league. Yeah, that's good to know. Considering I started him in two must win spots and uh, guess is losing <laughs> both. Um, so yeah I, mean, yeah, I mean, Desmond Ritter played um, what, like one quarter and he outscored Will Levis in fantasy today. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and Tyler Heineke wasn't playing particularly well, but I think he got hurt. Um, I don't. I don't even want I, the, the Falcons. I hate them so much, man. Yeah. Um, I don't even want to get into that. But we had a couple of good questions here in the chat. One is, where do you guys rank Javante top twelve uh, running back rest of the season? I don't. Th- I, I don't think that that's like he's that high for me. Um, I definitely don't. I don't really have him as in terms of. I don't really don't really have a rank on him, unfortunately. But he's definitely got to be like top eighteen. I just don't know where he fits right now in my head. Yeah, I would say uh, pass on ranking him top twelve. Yeah, but he's definitely trending up though, and we know he's a he's a talented guy that you definitely want to keep on your bench. 
you know, he could yeah. pop. And then we have a trade question. Trade away Fields, Mike Evans, and James Conner for Josh Allen. Um, uh, this actually leads us pretty nicely into the next into the next guy on the show sheet here is Mike Evans, who got six of ten targets for 143 yards and a touchdown. Right? He this is his second 100 yard effort off the hill. Um, but his touchdown was the sixth. Uh, he's been out targeting uh, Chris Godwin this afternoon, and you know. Baker's kind of been playing functional football. So this is sort of a two-part question. One, would you do that trade, like moving all those assets um, uh, who are Justin Fields, Mike Evans, uh, James Conner for uh, Josh Allen? And second, would you, you know, like, like with Mike Evans, like, what do you, like, do you think Chris, is there enough there on meat on the bone for Chris Godwin to actually eat at all this season? I don't know about Godwin. I feel like the way Baker plays, he's just like, wanting to chuck it up man and when he gets near the red zone it's like he locks in on evans so i mean i feel like he's like a solid like floor ppr because they only throw to two guys and you know rashad white gets some targets but i don't know if godwin has a ton of upside if that makes sense um no it makes complete sense and this is and of course this would happen to to blair and i who really need him on one of our ffpc teams he's like our wide receiver two or three there which is don't even ask how we got there evans is just um, like the most like fun player for fantasy where he can just like go off for like you know 200 yards and three touchdowns and then he speeds up the game because they're all like deep ball bomb. he's just one of my favorite players like he's awesome yeah, no, I I agree with you. Like, like, like the thing with like Evans is, um, yeah, it just it just makes you wish that they had Jameis back under center, just because like, oh yeah, shout know. out Chris Olave. Chris Olave is back. Oh uh, yeah, 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 exactly. The, the second they put Jameis right. in, Chris yeah. Olave like from the dead, right. he shows back up. Like just like he's like, like he's like, catching like balls down the field, like he like is supposed to, like he was in college, like. Yeah, like it, it was, it was just pretty much like this is why we were drafting Chris Olave in the second round. Yes, it just sucks so much that they persist for Derek Carr, man. Yeah, assuming, and I feel like this uh, year, yeah. assuming Derek Carr is hurt for multiple games, not sure I have completely been following his the status his status. But where would a guy like Winston rank for you compared to? Someone like Levis. I would definitely have Winston above Levis, yeah. I would say, just because he's just so fun for fantasy. Like him, him and Sam Howell both being like starting quarterbacks this year just makes fantasy so fun because they have <laughs> that like Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of vibe to him. I've heard that around the DGAF. Yeah. And it's just like they just don't care and they'll just throw it up and they'll throw a bunch of times. They'll throw interceptions and get into shootouts like that's just the most fan, like fun fantasy to me. Yeah, I think I think this is probably too hot of a take, but I'm going to say it anyway is I'm gonna, I, I would genuinely take Winston rest of season over Jared Goff. Well, that's a hot one. Goff kind of plays a similar kind of style in some ways, I think, but uh yeah, I mean, it's interesting yeah. because Winston definitely helped Olave. He seemed to help um, some of the receivers, but he didn't play particularly well himself. So there's kind of that dichotomy where you you want Winston out there for Olave. But, um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I mean, Levis. Two touchdowns and two ends, right? Like I mean, two touchdowns and two ends. He had two touchdowns and two ends. 
He had 122 yeah, yards, two. Yeah, right. And, but like Olave had nine targets, six catches, 94 yards, and a score, right? And then A.T. Perry was actually a thing too. Hmm. He got like two of his four targets for 38 yards and a score, right? So I, I just think that there's like this val the value that like Jameis brings, like, kind of what like Mike was saying earlier, is that he speeds up the game, just having these guys throw these huge bombs, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you're comparing like a guy like Jameis, Levis is never going to get the freedom that Jameis will have. Like he, Vrabel is never going to let him just like throw it a bunch of times and like get into those situations where he is just going to be able to air it out and throw interceptions and then just go back in and do the same thing. Like Vrabel is just too good of a coach to let that happen. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Vrabel, like I hate to pick on the Falcons again, but like what did Arthur Smith really learn under Vrabel? Like, 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 Vrabel's really been able to coax a hell of a lot out of this, like, Titans team. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, Arthur Smith can design an awesome running game when he has right. Derrick Henry. Yeah. And, and he's been doing pretty well with, with, with B, well, Bijan had a decent day today. But um, let's see. What did he's Bijan do today? He's been pretty well with Tyler Algier, though. Yeah. Which there's something he has said been. Yeah, but but you know Bijan had twenty two carries, ninety five yards, and a score. But again, uh, just going back to Vrabel, right? Like he does, he does, he does. He's kind of like Mike Tomlin asking that, like he's able to get a lot out of an underperforming team, which or like a on paper underperforming team, right? Whereas with, I guess going back to Jameis, I think I'd much rather like again, kind of like you're saying, like he's got that one, he got that DGA factor, and then two, he probably has some of that um, that freedom, right? Like this is like like the biggest trade that I was trying to will was Jameis Winston as a starter to some team, right? But um, on the other on the other side of the ball, we got we got everybody's favorite Josh Dobbs, who completed twenty three of thirty four passes for two sixty eight yards and the score. And the Vikings has been over the Saints. Um, his only touchdown went to T.J. Hawkinson, who he connected with from twenty eight yards out. Dobbs also led uh, this Vikings backfield in rushing. Uh, he rushed for 44 yards and another score, um, right? So, so I wanted to get your take here, like with like with Josh Dobbs, right? Like, where do you have him in your head ranked rest of the season? Do you, when 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 do you think we actually start playing him in DFS? Sorry, we yawning. I think I think it's price dependent, and I think when Justin Jefferson comes back, he's going to get really interesting because you're going to have Hawkinson, you're going to have Jefferson, you're going to have Addison. And they can't run the ball like at all. And Madison left the game today. I think it was a concussion. I'm not 100% sure, but a ridiculous amount. This is exactly what we want for fantasy. I'd be, I'd be looking at Josh Dobson, one quarterback leaks for sure. I'm actually trying to see if he's available anywhere right now. And no, he's not. <laughs> yeah. Sean actually picked him up in the one main event I'm co-managing with him. So he knows something. Got to get him early. Yeah, and they get um, the Bears, or no, I think the Broncos, the Bears, and the Raiders the next three weeks. Uh, one I point mean, of order or correction, it was actually Ty Chandler who led this backfield in rushing yards. <laughs> was it? Can we talk about Ty Chandler? Oh, just he barely pipped him at the post, <laughs> man. Right. Yeah, Chandler let's is talk someone, about Chandler, Chandler is someone that I convinced Hassan to add when we – either didn't have Keaton Mitchell available or or something like that. And no, we lost Keaton Mitchell. He was friend. our number one priority. 
So we picked up Keaton Mitchell in our main, but lost him in our FBC. Yeah, that's he's right. like a. Oh, we got he's like a, in that one, so it's all good. He's yeah. like a poor man's uh, Kenneth Walker. Feels like he like tries to bounce everything outside and hit a home run, but just like doesn't have that mm-hmm. same gear yeah. that Walker has. Yeah, I mean, I kind of. So I've actually got a lot of twentieth round exposure to Ty Chandler. So me too. Uh, I'm. I'm optimistic that, yeah, kind of what Cobra Kai said, Dai Chan, the best ball shares, might be back from the dead. Yeah, man. Like, I would I would love for nothing more than Dai Chandler to come back and revive my some of my teams. I'm in a dogfight. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I have a lot of fourth-place teams right now that are that are on the cusp of, of cashing or min-cashing or what have you. And if Dai Chandler is on them, hey, man, yeah. like, whatever it takes. Well, it's not hard Shame to, to look back. better than... It's not hard to look better than Alexander Madison. So even if, you know, Madison is healthy, maybe this is enough for Chandler to have like earned earned yeah, role, can... right? He got the touchdown. So Yeah, I feel bad for Madison though, right? Like, um I feel bad for Madison the player. I don't feel bad for the Madison slappies who are drafting him in the seventh round. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like that, yeah, I mean that one. him him he... You definitely feel for him, the person. Like he's literally yeah. the only guy on this offense that's not like succeeding. Yeah, it's 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 actually a little ridiculous, right? I mean, I mean, they 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 you know like uh, the the one thing that does give me pause at least a little bit is because because the Vikings ran under such a big lead early. Jordan Addison could have had a bigger game today. Uh, seven targets, four catches, sixty-nine yards, no scores. DJ Hawkinson has been an absolute freak of nature without Justin Jefferson, 15 targets, 11 catches, 134 yards and a score. So Michael, I wanted to get your take, like where, like how much of a bump down do you think either of these guys get with when JJ's return? I mean, like we know he's coming back. Like suddenly the Vikings are streaking. They look like they could be, you know, an NFC wildcard team, whether we like it or not. Right. So I want to get your take there. I think Hawkinson for sure will be, a little bit of a, a cut below when Jefferson comes back from a target perspective. But I mean, tight end is just garbage, man. Like he's going to have these weeks where he pops off and he, you know, catches seven or eight balls for, you know, 120 yards and two touchdowns. Like those weeks are going to be in his range of outcomes. So you just got to kind of take the lows and ride the highs with Hawkins. And I feel like it's probably a little different with Dobbs under center, but it is worth noting that Hawkinson had, uh, you know, 11, 8, 9 targets in September in three straight games with Jefferson on the field. So um, I think there's maybe, you know, at that time, of course, Addison wasn't getting the targets he is now. Yeah, that's so the thing. There's right. maybe, you maybe see those targets come down a little bit more for Addison when Jefferson returns. On the other hand, Addison is, a, you know, a rookie his first three games or whatever, you're not necessarily expecting. You can't, you can't hold those against him, right? That's the thing. Yeah. You can hold them against him. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I can definitely see there being some games where we still get big Jefferson. If Jefferson comes back, still get big performance from him and Hawkinson can earn those targets. But with Dobbs, I definitely don't, you know, it's going to be hard for all three of these guys to have good games for sure. Right. 
One of my absolute favorite things in the entire world is attending a live event. The atmosphere, the sound, all the little intricate details you can see when you're there live in person, it is just an amazing time. One of the biggest downsides though of it can be the stress in trying to find tickets before the event to make sure you get the best seats and that is where game time comes in. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have game time is the place to get those last minute ticket deals and it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason exclusive flash deals on all the events coming up and you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set and you can snag tickets today without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and Use the code RODOVIS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code RODOVIS for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Just on the, just to stay with the Viking just for a little bit, right? Um, I am curious about, about Chanda's availability and I kind of, uh, I'm just going to pull up the, Pull up the road of his rent the schedule app because I am curious because um because now is kind of the time where you want to start if you're a contender team you want to start looking into the future right um actually Blair this might make a make a little bit of sense if you, if you're able to pull it up uh on on your screen because it looks like Minnesota actually well, it doesn't matter because it looks like Minnesota has a neutral schedule uh they got a cupcake with Denver. Uh, after the bye, though, that's where things get interesting for them. Uh, Vegas, Cincinnati, who are also poor against the run, then Detroit, and then and then and then Green Bay. So you know there is hope that um, that our our boy Ty Chandler can hopefully hopefully do something for us. Yeah, I did, I did rest of the season just to pull that up. Um, yeah, historical anomalies in the chat. Dobbs is also targeting TE. TE at a high rate with the Cardinals. Yeah, this is actually very true because Trey McBride was getting just a ton. So you see, to me, when you when you're looking at Minnesota's uh, running backs around the schedule, uh, that's actually like it, it's just it's just soft sliding the second you get to the fantasy playoffs. Michael, what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I think he's the guy that you definitely want to pick up and you know redraft, manage leagues and hold and see how it goes, especially this week. Um, if Madison's going to be out, but I honestly, I think the car, um, sorry, the Vikings are just going to be throwing the ball. 
like I I feel like they've been doing that all season. They know where they're they know that's their strength. Um I feel like Chandler doesn't have a ton of upside. Um, but I think I think he could have some games where maybe he scores a touchdown or two. Yeah, I mean against Denver you you would almost be disappointed if he doesn't have a lot of yards and a touchdown at least. So uh but beyond that, I think you're probably right. They're looking to throw the ball. Definitely some winnable matchups though. Some matchups where you could see Chandler having some good some uh some good performances and uh if they keep winning games, then hopefully we see Jefferson sooner. I think I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe Jefferson was close to coming back. Um, so I do think we might see him next week. I don't know if they're going to hold him out for the entire bye to the bye week, if that makes sense. Although the bye week's in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. How about that comment? Ty, Ty Chandler, had, man, that guy is. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. He, is he the biggest bust in the first in the first two rounds of drafts? I would say definitely right like my yeah and the guy you're discussing here is tony pollard right yeah. so my yeah God, i do man they won four they won by 30 points and he had five people yeah it was just one of those games where i was going to get away from him but like we've spent a season making making excuses for for tony pollard right, right? um he really it's sad but he's looked a lot closer to zeke than we'd like to admit and it's not i don't know how much of it's Pollard's fault i don't know how much of like like what is happening here because he just never looked like why why does rico dowdle look like tony pollard last year and tony pollard look like zeke like blair any 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 thoughts i mean it's problematic that you do have dowdle going out and having a good game in the same environment where pollard can't get it done uh, you know, so that kind of suggests that it's something about Pollard specifically, not necessarily the offense. Um, yeah, it's hard to really say what might be going on because I mean, we, you know, at Rotoviz, we were kind of skeptical of Pollard because of his price. It's not that we didn't think he was talented, but, um, you know, his price was, uh, a lot for a guy who hadn't really shown he had kind of he didn't have the upside of the guys who we typically like to draft there for sure. And I mean, showing that now, but you still expect he would get, he would be able to do a little bit more than this. I mean, I think somebody in the comments said something, which I think is right, which is basically they're trying to use him the way they used Zeke, even though his specialty or his strength has always been as a receiving back. And so kind of getting him out of that role into something that he's not as well suited for has been, kind of a disaster yeah that's you know it's a shame but it's like this is kind of but this is how it goes sometimes you know um on the other hand i want to discuss a guy who you you talked about earlier michael sam howell he completed 29 and 44 passes for 312 yards and three scores and the commanders has lost the seahawks he had a 51 yard touchdown pass to brian robinson uh which is actually kind of nice if you check it out he wrote he you know he rolled out found Robinson behind the defense for a short completion. And then Robinson sort of turned on the after uh, afterburners and just took it over for a long score. Uh, he also had uh, Howell also threw for two more scores in the fourth quarter. He had one to Anthony Gibson and the army Brown for that uh, 35 uh, yard touchdown late. Um, you know, it was just, it just the way it goes as they, as they went on to lose, but you know, you mentioned it, like it's very nice to have like a true gunslinger and Howell, 
But I wanted to get your take on why no Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson. Like, what was that all about? <laughs> yeah, the two guys who you wrote up in your in your in your DFS article. So I wanted to I wanted to get your your take there. Yeah, that not having not having those touchdowns go to those guys. It was a very fluky yeah. game. I feel like when it came, I mean, because those guys have been getting the targets for the most part. I think Dotson had twelve catches over the last two weeks, and pretty sure he had zero today. So that that seemed uh, pretty fluky. Brian Robinson, though, he was on the zero RB list. So shout out Sean for that. Yeah, yeah I love. I don't have enough. <laughs> love seeing Robinson get this kind of usage. That was, I think, uh, kind of a sneaky part of the thesis on Robinson is that he might actually be even a better, certainly a better receiving back than we think, and maybe even better than Gibson. Although Gibson looked uh, not quite as good, but also yeah. looked decent. Was there something going on with Dotson? Like he only had two targets in this game. I didn't watch it. Any any reason for that? No, I didn't see any injuries or anything on him. It just it just didn't seem like he was getting targets today for whatever reason. It feels frustrating, but it goes back to this conversation we had in our FF in our FFPC main event chat, uh, which is like with like the last second switch from Dotson to Foreman was Curtis Samuel's back, right? And they just sort of seem to spread it around quite a bit. Um, uh, just trying to check and see who got the targets here. Because it's really weird to see Diami Brown pop up on your box board, right? Like, that's the weird one. And McLaurin still has eight targets, four for 33, not particularly particularly efficient. Curtis Samuel, there's your there's your canary in the coal mine. Six targets, two catches for six yards. Like, what, like why are we wasting... Like, like, yeah, uh, historical anomalies is right. It's just a weird game. RB is leading and receiving yards most of the game. I mean, realistically, you can say that for a lot of a lot of games, right? Like, I think I had uh, Jared Goff over 23 and a half pass completions, and I believe some friends of mine also had Justin Herbert over pass completions. Five offensive touchdowns in that game. Both of them went under by the hook. So we got, you know, so just it, it's – it was a really fun day of football. It was just really frustrating if you're a gambler or a fantasy player because, you know, when you're looking at these box scores, like you would think, oh man, like maybe my guy did something, and it's just like like, like nothing came of it. On the on, on the flip side, a guy who compiled a little bit of, um, uh, you know, some who really kind of came alive towards the end was DK Metcalf. He caught seven or twelve targets for ninety eight yards. Uh, he made multiple plays, but uh, his final two catches, those are the big ones, right? With the game tied, 26 each. And with less than a minute to go, Metcalf hauled in a 17-yard catch on third down to keep that drive alive. And then caught a massive 30-yarder uh, to put the Seahawks in range for a game-winning field goal. Uh, Metcalf actually hasn't really boomed of late. And none of these receivers really have. And I think some of this has to do with JSN coming on, but, uh, but Michael, I really wanted to get your your take here. Like Metcalf rest of season, Lockett rest of season, JSN rest of season. Can you rank these three for me? Um, I'd say Lockett, then Metcalf, then JSN. Lockett has been mm. like the most consistent all all the way through. It feels like, I, and mm. I feel like their offensive line is healthy now, so you're starting to see them more at full strength. I think JSN is awesome. I he's my highest exposure player on underdog. I just I don't know if it's if it's going to happen. It seems like he makes these mistakes where they throw him these little bubble screens and he drops the ball 
And I think that's kind of limiting them from unlocking him and giving him more of a workload. I think he's got a decent floor right now, but I think if he does really, really come on, I think it's going to be at the very end. I don't think it's going to be any time in the next few weeks. It does seem like they're making an effort to get him involved, right? I mean, I think he had three catches on their opening drive and then only won the rest of the game. But um seems like when yeah, he gets you, a dr- when he gets a drop, it seems like they just kind of go away from him for right. a while. Uh, he had one right. on, I think, the first drive last week against the Ravens, and then he had one again today. And they're like, you know, little bubble screens. So they're just like concentration drops, not passes you should be dropping. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I guess I'm encouraged that they are trying to get him involved early in the game. Uh, but yeah, it would be like you said, I mean, it's frustrating, I guess, both from, you know, in terms of him dropping those easy passes he should catch. And then also frustrating that the, the Seahawks don't really trust him after that. So, right. I think, I think the most frustrating thing has been like Geno Smith's massive regression, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, 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 like this year, he has not been able to support a sustained performance for all three of these right. guys, right? Or even the top two guys, realistically, right? Okay. Like, it's really been Kenneth Walker, who really, I mean, in all honesty, like, he really put the like, it doesn't come through in the box score, but he did a really good job of putting the team on his back. Um, you know, he had um, nine carry, 19 carries for 63 yards. And he had one massive long reception receiving touchdown. Um, he really has done a damn good job uh, to hold off Zach Charbonnet. Charbonnet had six carries for 44 yards today. And then he had five targets for four. And he caught four of those for 18 yards, right? Um, it's in, To me, it's interesting that Charbonnet has taken that receiving role away from, 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 from Kenneth Walker. And now it's just a matter of forcing a timeshare on the on the rushing yes it's more to get your guys' take over there like like what are you doing with this backfield it's a good question charbonnet looked really good um and him getting this workload is maybe not surprising since it's not something walker did that much in college but on the other hand walker with the 65 yard 64 yard reception uh is uh you know making a case to keep him out there on passing down so i think it's going to be the two-headed monster the rest of the way. I don't think there's going to be a clear winner here. I mean, Walker is still going to be the starter, but Charbonnet is going to continue to eat into his workload. That's my yeah. guess. I don't know if you have a different take, Michael. Uh, no, not really. But I, I think Walker is one of those guys that, like, in managed leagues is going to be, like, super frustrating because when he doesn't have those big plays and they're splitting the work 50-50, 60-40, whatever it is, he's going to have those like six, seven point PPR games. And then you're going to want to bench him. And then when he goes off for 35, you're going to have him on the bench. So yeah, fun, fun comment here by, by David Philippi, who says, uh, Zach Charbonnet on the bench outscores both King Henry and Travis Etienne in his lineup. Um, yeah, man, we, we touched it at the top of the show, but Henry looking, looking mighty dusty. Maybe this is the year we we get back to even on fading Derrick Henry. I don't know. Oh, just wait till he's on. Just um, wait till he's on the Chiefs next year. Oh my God, no! Uh, but yeah, just to bring up another two-headed backfield on the show sheet. So we're going to throw you a curveball. 
Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, right? Gibbs had 12, 14 carries, 77 yards, and two touchdowns. Montgomery coming back from a, from an extended layoff, 12 carries, 116 yards, and a score. Nice to see Gibbs still get five targets, catching three of those for 35 yards. So, you know, here's another one. Like, So with these two guys, what are you doing? Are you just going to be starting them the rest of the way? Plug and play? No, no doubt. Uh, Montgomery, I think it depends on what your team looks like. But Gibbs, I mean lock it in it's i i feel like it's it's getting to the point with where the dolphins were with a chain after those first couple weeks like you can't Mm. put that back in the bottle like he is electric man and he had two touchdowns i think because he had two touchdowns i think and they were both close near the goal line and montgomery's was a long touchdown which is super weird but like gibbs is i think slowly but surely taking over and as the season closes he's going to be the guy getting all the good touches i had a really good redraft team that kind of liked that had Bijan and jameer gibbs and it's like like 11th in the league <laughs> that i'm in it's such a disaster, it's such a disaster. <laughs> yeah it is it is nice though because i've got i've got, i don't have enough jameer gibbs and dynasty which probably means i should probably either consider more more dynasty startups because I hate trading for him, man. Like, it's impossible to trade for him. And then everyone tries to lowball me when, where I have him. So it's really it's really annoying. What would you uh, – suppose you had Gibbs. What would you take in a trade that uh, someone offered you? It would have to be, like, two first. At least, right? Right. And Yeah. Like, I mean, when you think about dynasty looks- rankings, you've got Bijan, you've got – Probably Brees Hall. You could maybe make a case for Gibbs after that, based on the age. Yeah, you can. The ages right? of guys like yeah. CMC. Yeah. Um, this might be this might be a hot take, but I think uh, I think A Chain's going to come back, and I think he's going to close the season on a freaking tear, and he's going to be the dynasty RB one heading into twenty twenty four. Oh, that would be that's a nice hot take. Uh, that would be really nice. Um, I've got I've got more HN HN than than I thought I did, and it's somehow not as much as I would like. What, which is what do you think of this comment? Gibbs over Brees Hall in Dynasty? Ooh, no, I don't think so, man. Yeah, I mean Brees. Uh, I think the point that Cobra Kai is making that I think I, I like I know I like the point. Yeah, team Gibbs situation is, is better. so much better. So is team sure. situation just a million times better. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to come back from an Achilles in like three weeks, apparently. So man, we've we've said it before, but like if there's one man who can defy science <laughs> with bullshit, it's Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, um, yeah, I don't like, the. The thing is, it's just, it's just, it's so hard. Cause like the thing that I'm going back to with Gibbs is like your comp player where you were just sort of like, yeah, he's like CMC 2.0, right? Like it's CMC 2.0. Yeah. Joe, Joe King says we're one week away from naming HN the best of those three, buddy. Hell yeah. <sighs> Hell yeah. Like, I, like, I just remember, I just remember where everybody was going like, Oh, you can't draft HN. He's the number five running back on the team. You can't take him. And I was just like, all right, 15th round HN, 16th round HN, 17th oh. round HN. It was getting dangerous. You got dangerous, man. I like this take. Michael, how, what were you doing? Oh, I got a. We're gonna, are, we, are we all going to retire? 
HN? Yeah, baby. In, in BBM, you got 30, 30 teams for HN? No, I have 30 teams total, and I think I have like uh, 10 or 11 of them maybe have HN on them. And that's they're right. That's pretty oh. good. And and they, and he hasn't even had him contribute. I don't know. It's it's so weird to gush about a player who hasn't who didn't play this week. Something that we rarely do. <laughs> uh, we could discuss Keaton Mitchell. We could discuss Keaton Mitchell if um, if you guys want as an arbitrage HN, which is a take that I stole <laughs> shamelessly from Scott Barrett. That's a good one. He looked the part today. He looked the part today. He had like um, yeah. Too bad they only gave him like uh, three carries or whatever, <laughs> and one of them was a forty-yard touchdown. The, this uh yeah the 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 Gus Bus stuff is really getting to me right he had three carries for thirty four yards and a score and two two targets for one thirty two yard reception right like it's it's a little frustrating to see Gus Edwards get eleven carries and turn that into twenty four yards it's just it's just a little frustrating so I guess what I'm saying is Blair defend what your team is doing here to us you can't defend when you have a guy who basically every time you give him the ball he gains. 30 yards and maybe a touchdown and you don't give him the ball uh, any more times than that. Hard to defend that. They did give him one carry where he kind of ran up the middle for, you know, a yard or something. And Cleveland was all over that. There was nothing to do about that, but those are the kind of carries you give to Gus Edwards when you're, you know, this is a guy who, um, you know, I think they did this would... with Tyson Williams too, right? Like Tyson Williams, when he had those couple big games, they just, didn't really oh, give him the ball right. again. So maybe. Oh, and who was the other guy? There was another guy a few years ago. Where every Everybody in Rotovitry liked him. Justice Hill. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Justice Hill. No, not Justice Hill. The guy on the Ravens, um, though? Yeah, a guy on the Ravens. What was his name? Uh, no, no, this is going to come up with it. J.K. Dobbins. We're never going to get it. Is it Kenneth Dixon? Oh, Kenneth Dixon, yeah. Oh, that's a that was way back though. That's now a, that's going back. Yeah, now we're just Dixon. There's another one, another guy. Who I can't remember. I mean, they haven't had a guy with Collins. Oh, right now, Dixon. Collins. Dixon was awesome with uh, Flacco, I think, because they used to that's target right. him a ton. Justin Forsett. Yeah. yeah, that's that's another Justin Forsett. These guys yeah, back. there's another. One. They haven't had a guy with Mitchell's athleticism though. No, since Dobbins, not in years, <laughs> right? Yeah, and yeah, it's a real shame. It's there. crazy because you have Lamar, which makes the running game like so efficient, and they just cannot find a confident running back. It's it's just crazy to me. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it seems like Mitchell is the guy that they should be using in a lot of these, a lot more situations. I think. You know, they also only threw the ball to him two times. One of them was a, you know, in the end zone, a really long one that would have been a hard catch. But you would like them to get him, get him the ball in space more. Yeah, more that creatively. one kind of tipped and yeah, and bring it in. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it is frustrating that that Edwards is still getting getting all these carries for two point two yards carry. But I mean, he did get a touchdown too. So. Tell you what's the most frustrating is when the Ravens score 31 points and Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews give your fantasy team absolutely nothing. Yeah. Second week in a row that they've done, done that for us, Blair. Second week it in almost a row. Doesn't seem possible. It's like, I know, right? Two weeks in a row they've done this. You remember the team we looked at last time, our underdog resurrection draft that was in second place 
After today, we're we're yeah. now out of the money. We're down to like fourth place or something. Thanks a lot, Ravens. Ah, uh, this is like it, it's 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 frustrating. Well, it's frustrating because we should. It would be nice to have a sweat on here, right? Like a public sweat on here, but. Man, it's really frustrating when like our entire strategy is built around those two yahoos. Hey, hopefully, maybe maybe Devonte Adams could could get a score or two and like actually be the guy who we thought we were getting. Um, but yeah, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, gonna try and oh yeah, let's let's discuss another highly efficient backup running back today was Devin Singletary. He had thirty rushes for one hundred and fifty yards and a score in the Texans' win against the Bengals. He also had one catch for eleven yards. He was pretty much the workhorse with Damian Pierce uh, sidelined. He took full advantage against a, you know, a pillow soft Bengals' run defense. Um, you know, the, the the Texans were able to to establish the run here, for lack of a better uh, way to describe it, given the game script. I, like, I wanted to get your take here, Michael. Like, Do you think we're going to see Singletary push pierce like especially when pierce comes back what do you think happens here like do you think this is another one of those 50 50 splits or or do you think this is still going to be pierce's um backfield when he comes back i think it'll probably be closer to a 50 50 split i mean they clearly nice. trust singletary for her high before this was 110 and his career high in carries was 23 and that was like two years ago i mean i wouldn't have this on my bingo card for 2023 I think it's going to be closer to I a 50-50 a... split because I don't think Pierce has really been that impressive either. And I think the Texans are a team that's similar to the Vikings where they just they just want to throw the ball. They just want to let Stroud do its thing, yeah. which is awesome because he's a rookie and he's super talented and they have good receivers. Just let him throw, man. Yeah, this is a good comment by Cobra Guy again where he says it's crazy how Pierce with no QB looked great last year. Now you have give Pierce like a real, like an actual top five quarterback, and he just looks like such garbage. Like what a like what a trap pick. Like like I feel really bad for the people who are picking Pierce in retrospect because they ran like their run out has been insane. Like you might as well like you might as well just like at that point you just gotta laugh, right? Like you you think you're getting an imp- like either whether it's like your Process to get Pierce where you were drafting him was wrong. It doesn't matter, right? You're drafting him for volume or whatever. But the fact that Stroud is as good as he is, right? And the fact that Pierce is getting you like less than nothing is ridiculous. Right. Like there's no reason he shouldn't be having like as good of a season as. Not that Mixon is having a good season, but I mean, he's scoring fantasy points. And Josh Jacob is like the art, like a top five, top. There's no reason that Pierce shouldn't be having a season like that right now, given how awesome the Texans have been. Yeah, that's true. It's pretty rare, I think, to see these these guys with such low efficiency numbers on such high-powered offenses. But on the other hand, Mixon does it every year, so maybe we shouldn't be too surprised. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Singletary is also on this list of the least efficient players, although after this week, he probably probably won't. Yeah, he probably, he probably changes. Off. But I think it's last week. Yeah, right. Given how given how bad Damian Pierce has looked this year, I think it probably makes sense for them to work Singletary in even more uh, going forward. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I, it's so weird when you look at this receiver core though, because it's like Nico Collins, <clears throat> Tank Dell, Noah Brown, like 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 
I know Brown out of nowhere with 175 receiving yards today. Right. Where was this when he was on the Cowboys? <laughs> right. <laughs> and they uh, had no receivers. Why is there all of my dynasty benches? These are all of my dynasty benches, except for the one um, best ball league that Blair and I are in together, the 14-teamer. Oh, you have them in that league. That's best ball league, right? Yeah, that's best ball and it's 14-team. That's why I have <laughs> Right. Yeah, uh, two weeks in a row he's put up these big games. I mean, I don't know. Do we think this is legit? Is he just like Stroud's favorite target and they have a good connection? I mean... You know, two weeks in a row with this. Stroud is just as good as my yeah, take. Right? Stroud is just as good as my take. I guess I'm wondering whether this is a, whether this is just an anomaly or whether Stroud unlocks Noah Brown and he's going to continue to be obviously not this good, but can we count on him as like the Texans wide receiver one? The phrase unlock Noah Brown <laughs> is just so wrong. So wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I but, mean, but it it's crazy right. that Stroud is like supporting like three like good fantasy receivers. I like, think Noah Brown. Yeah, I think Noah Brown was an early declare, like a true junior out of Ohio State. I think he was too. He I might think actually he was. be yeah, good. That's right. Yeah, he might actually be good. He might. He might be good. Yeah, that's actually I want to check that out now. Was Was oh. Pierce a, a prospect that we that we liked at Rotovis? He wasn't somebody that we loved, right? Damian Pierce was not, Damian? not really high on our on our list. And I think even though he's been getting the opportunity, I think uh, his performance generally over his career has kind of not exactly proven us right because he has done some some really good things. And obviously the Texans like him, but um, right. his lack right. of efficiency, I think, is is something that you could have seen coming from mm-hmm. his from his prospect profile. Right, just very weird that he did well on a bad team and doing bad on a good team. It's very strange. <laughs> you are you are right in that in that um, Noah Brown wasn't early declared. But I'm just trying to check and see did he did he de- he never broke out did he? Because he was in a high. Yeah, guy. he never broke out. He never had a high market share. Um, you know, sharing the field with. At that time, probably it's a little difficult. I mean, it wasn't. You know, this I is like prior to Garrett Wilson and stuff. This is, I don't know, was that Curtis Samuel on that team? I'm gonna have to check. That yeah, out. I think Curtis Samuel was on that team actually. Yeah, we're just having a fun time naming a bunch of like <laughs> uh, former former athletes. I'm trying to check to see. Uh, I you know this entire like this entire um, podcast could evolve in the bad. I'd be pretty happy. Uh, but let me just see here. Like he might have been drafted before. Braxton, they, had, they had Braxton Miller. They had Michael Thomas. Right, Michael Thomas around okay. the time. Paris Campbell, Terry McLaurin, and then they also had Zeke. Yeah. And then as you go along, they had other running backs. Right. I read when it was not like JT Barrett was able to really support all of yeah, them. Yeah, right. I read that when when the Cowboys drafted Noah Brown, it was because Zeke was like pounding the table for him. <laughs> Apparently, he was that good in practice at ohio state or something i don't know but uh yeah yeah no i mean i mean worked out for the texans terry <laughs> f1 terry f1 was there oh yeah i forgot curtis samuel was listed as running back for right. them how does anyone even get like playing time on this team right <laughs> like and they have two more wide receivers then, that are coming out this year um yeah Mecca abuka however you say his name and then Obviously, Marvin Harrison's going to be like the dynasty 102 in rookie drafts. He's going to be like the Easy. top three pick in the reality draft, probably. 
Oh, yeah. Easily. I'm just trying to check the 2017 Ohio State team. This is his last one, right? Is this the national championship team? Remember. No, this is the Cotton Cotton Bowl. I'm actually just looking it up right now. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Apologies for the dead <laughs> air, but now, 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 now you got like, oh I'm my god, this team is. Which teams are going to be? Dude, in, this team is ridiculous. In contention for the Marvin Harrison sweepstakes. So, so uh, Noah Bears. Brown had to contend with Bears. Bears are in contention. Panthers. Cardinals. Cardinals are in con- no, not the Panthers. They traded their pick. Oh, that's the right. That's right. You're right. So Bears are going to have two good picks. Giants, but they're going to draft the quarterback probably. So, yeah, that's uh, the Giants. I'm teams. glad they've embraced the tank. Cardinals could be fun. Yeah, Cardinals would be Cardinals fun. could be fun. Um, yeah, the Cardinals. I mean, especially today, because like you were saying earlier, we should, and he's not on the show sheet, but let's just discuss him anyway. Like, um, like Kyler Murray actually looked good. Yeah, that scramble at the end you to know? set up that field goal. Like that was like vid. That was yeah. vintage, Kyler. Yeah, and that's that's awesome seeing seeing this coming from from a guy who. Uh, uh, last suffered an AC out there, right? So he had like completed 19 of 33, 32 passes, 249 yards, and and in one end he also had like a rushing touchdown, six carries, 33 yards, and a score. So it's nice. And I mean, like he, man, I don't, I, I don't know if it's like a scheme thing or what, but he just force fed Trey McBride the rock. Nine targets, eight catches, 131 yards, no scores, right? Marquise Brown was kind of disappointing. Four targets, one catch, 28 yards. So I guess like from a everybody else perspective and from a you perspective, you mentioned that he like, you know, Kyler is someone who you want, but like just from a from a future look perspective, like how excited, like where are you drafting Kyler next year in best ball if he's able to finish the season out healthy? Um I think it would depend on what the landscape looks like. If it looks anything like this year and he finishes as like one of the top quarterbacks and he's getting drafted in like the next, but I mean, if he's a cut below in like that tier this year where like you had like Lamar and Burrow and stuff like that, I think I'd be more interested. I think that's where he's going to be going. I think he's going to be going in the QB six to nine range. Like, I think, I think I could, I think you could see him going, as a cut below, I think because I think next year you're going to still see Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts at the top, and then I think you get Stroud up there, right? And then I think you get Lamar as well, and then after that, that's when you get the, the right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Joking asked a good question. Zero chance. Zero chance. Arizona drafts a quarterback. That's the thing that I'm worried about, man. See, I I'm not that worried. I was for quite a while, but these last few weeks they really ramped him up, and they were like this is our guy. We're going to play him. Like they're what one and eight coming into this game. Like if they really didn't want yeah. him, why would they play him? You know, That's like true. they're one and eight, they could have tanked to got the number one pick easily, easily could have done that. So I feel like he, he is going to be the guy and they had a whole new GM, new coach. So I feel like they definitely could have did that. And I feel like they're going to not have the number one pick now, if he's going to play the rest of the way. So I, I think they're going to, draft marv if they can which would be awesome yeah it would be pretty awesome pretty Good point. um with mcbride getting this kind of usage and even after kyler comes back where do you have him not only rest the season but maybe next season in uh best ball drafts i mean you know 
he was playing well with Dobbs, and if Murray can even elevate this offense a little bit, and McBride is going to be his number one target or something close to it, I don't know. I'm pretty excited about that. Absolutely. Tight end is horrible this year, and it usually is horrible. I would say Kelsey, Hawkinson, Kittle, Andrews, and then after that, I feel like it's pretty wide open, and there's not many guys that can get 140 yards in two out of three weeks and catch almost 10 balls. Like he's top five easily. Yeah. You have Laporta yeah. and McBride. Oh, maybe as Laporta. Maybe as the next him. two guys. Oh yeah. Unless yeah, you like once unless, yeah, Laporta. unless you still have pits pretty high, but it's getting harder and harder to maintain that position. Uh, it's a little difficult. Uh, to, I mean, today is just <laughs> a disaster. Man. Yeah. Pit, uh, yeah. Pits is just so frustrating to even think about. There's uh, it's the worst. The issue with Pitts is that you have to always pay like a premium to get him, and then it's just the utility you get from owning Pitts offsets the price paid, right. and you like it has to, right. right? Otherwise, you're not behaving. You why? Oh, I forgot about all my economics. I forgot about Kincaid too. Well, Kincaid. Just shouted Kincaid out. Kincaid has been awesome. Yeah, and you you'd almost think that like this would inspire the Raiders to like turn to Michael Mayer a little bit because he was a fantastic tight end prospect. Mm-hmm. Instead, and let me just check if I've got this correct here. As we're sitting through the third quarter, just sort of started. Michael Mayer has two targets; he's got both for twelve yards. Devontae Adams is getting all the work: eleven targets, six catches, 60, eighty-six yards so far. Uh, I guess I guess Aiden O'Connell, isn't it? Huh. <laughs> Aiden O'Connell. Maybe he is it from the perspective of Devontae Adams, right? You, uh, you yeah, get I don't know, man. There to make sure Adams gets his targets and stops complaining, and then, uh, well, the Raiders are four and five, so I don't know if they're going to be in the right. Caleb Williams sweep. I mean, stakes, but Adams is Adams is going to force his way onto the Chiefs next year, right? <laughs> right. Oh, I hope, or or the Jets. There was a rumor that the Jets were actually there was actually a package, and the uh, the Raiders turned it down. Aaron Rodgers is just getting his boys together. He's just gonna he's just trying to rip up New York City with the boys. That would be amazing because that would make Garrett Wilson so cheap compared to what he was this year. I know basketball drafts, and I would draft a ton of him. I'd be go. I'd be back to to sitting there with like thirty five percent Garrett Wilson in whatever round I'm yeah. getting him. Him in the tenth round last year was like one of the craziest misprices in best recent memory. Like that was insane. Yeah. That he was that cheap. I mean, Zach Wilson. Was, it was found money. Zach Wilson was the quarterback and all that, and there was all kinds of negatives. But I mean, that was just a crazy price. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys want to talk about like McCaffrey's touchdown streak being broken, or a little bit about Deshaun Watson, who actually. In the second half, looked pretty good. Um, like he looks really good when he scrambles and like moving and evading pressure. Yeah, but then he throws the ball and it just looks horrible. It all looks bad, and he's still like he's still saying, "Oh, my shoulder isn't a hundred percent right." Which I mean, yeah, we get it. Um, meanwhile, you know, Derek Carr is playing through an AC sprain, which honestly he shouldn't be because the guy the guy without an AC sprain isn't particularly great. So. Um, especially compared to some of these guys. But I guess I guess what's interesting to me is, you know, in, in, in a league starved for good quarterback play, it's good to see um, 
Watson at least look halfway decent or halfway serviceable, they're able to at least push the push the Ravens because these because these lopsided games where teams are able to take a huge lead and then just not push the other team at all, like the Giants against the Cowboys today, brutal, right? Or or the Vikings for the most part of the game until like Jameis came in, right? Like that's not you're not going to get anything right. out of it. The Panthers you know I mean? just, just garbage. Dead. Yeah, the Panthers with with Bryce Young. You're just you're just getting dead games on the slate, which is which is really frustrating, especially if you if you're if you're in need of a big score, because then you're just praying. I don't know. I want to get your guys' take take there with either Watson or what are your guys' thoughts on like McCaffrey's touchdown streak being snapped today. Yeah, I thought that what is, that was a, that's another case of you know Jacksonville just not being able to push the Niners at all. Yeah, and I thought that they would be able to at least put up a little bit of a fight, but they didn't at all. Um, rolled God, over. were they mispriced in the best ball market? That was like everyone's like team that was up on the rise. Everybody loved the Jags. Yeah, that's that's not looking so good right now. But when he when Jags and Lions, yeah, CMC though, man, his work six carries. When you can score twenty PPR without getting a touchdown, I feel like. <sighs> yeah, uh, obviously a weird game with only twenty six attempts, but. How much, how concerned should we be about, I guess, George Kittle only getting four targets with Samuel back? Is this, uh, you know, he obviously had a big game despite it with 116 yards and a touchdown. But, you know, how much do you trust any of these receivers on the 49ers going forward now that they're all healthy? Uh, managed leagues, I trust Kittle a ton because he's going to have his games just like we were talking about with Hawkinson earlier, where he can score 40. And when he only goes, you know, three for 30, it's not going to kill you because most of the other tight ends in the league that you're playing probably aren't that good either. Ayuk and Debo is a different story, though, because there's going to be games where they're really going to hurt you in managed leagues, and you just never know when it's going to be which one. But and CMC had the most targets, say so he had 10 targets. Yeah, yeah, Dan. Yeah, they just didn't have to throw the ball after that, right? Four targets for Kittle, three targets for IU, four targets for Debo. They just didn't have to do anything. Right. It's really fr- – that's why I just don't like it when these teams just roll over. And the issue is the Jags are a good team. This is a good team. We know ETN's good. We know Christian Kirk's good. We know Calvin Ridley's good. We know Evan Ingram's good. We know, we know Trevor Lawrence is good, right? Like It's just really frustrating – that this turned into a route when it should have, we could have been a shoot. Um, I was curious, Blair did. Uh, I know in that article that you do um, the wrong read, you pop up like team metrics and stuff. Was Jacksonville rating well pressure wise against pressure on their offensive line heading uh, into this game? Yeah. I'm going to pull that up. Uh, talk amongst yourselves for a moment. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just, the, the reason I was, I was just wondering saying, that is because maybe, maybe it, they did look good and it was just a little noisy because now you have chase young and Nick Bosa on the same defense. So Jacksonville's there, they were number four in pressure rate allowed going into this game. So uh, 29% pressure rate. That's not the only really the only metric that really tells you about the offensive line, but pretty good. Um, And the 49ers were 20th in pressure created by their pass rush so it looks like it would have been a you know a good matchup for the jaguars Um, yeah you know adding chase young to that team obviously changes changes how you expect the 49ers 
defense to look, but you wouldn't expect it to be that drastic. So right, a little bit puzzling for sure. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just I just don't think that they're. I I think Dank Bigsby sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like every time this guy touches the ball, every target, every touch to him is a waste. Where they drafted him is a waste. You're like, he really is a drive killer. It goes kind of full circle, right? Like he stalls, drives out. He sucks so like. And this, I know this isn't proper like actual analysis, but there's no other way to put it because you're taking because what it does is it takes the ball away from your real playmakers' hands and it's putting it into someone who is really just sort of should be used or played in a position where. Um, the team should be playing from in front to afford this stuff. He shouldn't be getting high leverage touches. He shouldn't be seeing high leverage targets. Um, the Jags are not in a position to really afford these kind of. Yeah, they can't. Re- they can't rest on their laurels, uh, for lack of a better term, right? Like they're like they're kind of clear off. They're one game clear of the Texans right now, but the Texans are streaking, and they're actually a lot better than what they seem to be, right? Like this isn't. This is going to be a very tough division, I think, I foresee next year, right? Richardson's going to be back. Um, there's possibility that maybe Levis takes a step forward. Maybe he's not the future, right? We don't know that yet. But this is like has a potential to turn into a very difficult division very, very quickly. And you'd think that the, that the Jaguars would be trying to press their advantage, right? Mm-hmm. Well, do you think that I don't know. This, I don't know what your thoughts are. Do you are. think that this game kind of exposes that Jacksonville's weapons outside of ETN are not really that good. Like when you're putting yes. Christian yes. Kirk and a 30 year old Calvin Ridley out there, um, maybe you're not putting Kirk's good though, yeah, man. Kirk looked good today, 104 yards. But I mean, do we think of him? But he always has looked. Yeah. I guess I'm wondering whether he's not a true WR one. Right. I feel like, are him you putting Lawrence in a position to succeed with this, with this wide receiver core, I guess is my question. <laughs> I think they're drafting a receiver in the first round this year. Yeah. Just I mean, it, it, it's disappointing they didn't, right? Like, they didn't go more aggressive on wide receiver. Although although it is, like, I do think the early victory laps in Calvin Ridley were wrong. Um, but, like, I mean, Calvin Ridley is still very talented. He just still looks like a guy who took a year off the football right. field. Shame. And, and they did maybe... attempt to address wide receiver. Like, they paid Christian Kirk $20 yeah. million a year. Like, they're paying him like a number one receiver. Yeah, I mean, Ridley uh, has looked good this year, but you do kind of think not only the year off didn't help, he's um, older than you would think for someone who's been in the league as long as he has because he was um, he went to college late, like he was 20 before he started college. So um, he's an older receiver. Uh you know, there's just a lot of things that are kind of working against the Jaguars on their on the offensive side of the ball. So, yeah, I think I'd agree they they're probably in the mix for a round one wide receiver. I would hope. It is positive that they're giving ETN the lion's share of the carries too, and the work. They clearly want to get their most talented players the ball. <laughs> Calvin really bet his unders. <laughs> that's funny. really bad zone unders for receiving yards. He's gonna make millions when he could have made it a hundred million dollars. Um yeah, but I don't think outside of that, anything else you guys want to talk about. Oh, Tyler Boyd, who had a pretty big gay eight or twelve targets, 117 yards. Uh, I mean, this is I mean, this was ostensibly the result of T. Higgins being sidelined with hamstring, right? 
Uh, he did draw, he did have a really bad drop, though, that would have helped us in the game. It just, they would have won the game. I feel so bad for him. They would have won yeah. the game. If I feel that. so bad for him. Yeah, because he, he really is a shorthanded receiver. Right. Like, that's the weird thing is like he catches those. Um, wanted to catch, get your thoughts there, Michael. Like, anything to take away there? Or I think it's just sort of, it's pretty normal when Higgins misses. Um, Boyd steps up and gets a substantial target bump, and they were down in this game. So, this kind of set up perfectly for him. I don't think you're really starting him in a managed league unless Higgins is out, though. They play on Thursday, I believe, next week. So good chance Higgins won't be back in time. Obviously something to look out for. But they are playing the Ravens, too, which could be a tough matchup. Yeah. That's a tough matchup. Anyway. But uh, oh, man. It's, the rare, we're right into week 11. Yeah, yeah the rare crazy. good Thursday game. And then we got Thanksgiving the week after that. And Thanksgiving. Oh my All god! Right. Season. Oh man, Thanksgiving is nice too because we get Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Why no Saturday game? <laughs> Watch college football uh, on Saturday. I'm just looking to the future. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, anyone else we, we need to? Football. I'm gonna miss it when it's. We over. need to talk about. Just trying to remember if anyone else did anything, but uh, yeah, I think uh, that's it. Thanks so much for hopping on, Michael. It was a blast having you having you on. Uh, you want to? Tell the people where they can find you. Uh, all my work is at Rotoviz, and on Twitter, I'm FF underscore Hitch. Yeah, I'll come on anytime. Thanks for having me on, guys. Definitely, yeah. Definitely be sure to check out Michael's work. He uh, he did highlight the Texans stack last week and ended up winning somebody else a million dollars, so maybe one of these days it'll be you <laughs> if you're reading. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks so much, everyone, for hanging out. And we will talk to you next week. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.